0: Who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Hey, hey! Oh, okay. okay. All right, it's Sting. Okay, it's ding! It's
1: this is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective, play.
0: Put the butts in the seat. <laughs> Self high five.
1: We've
0: been hanging and banging, brother.
1: You're next.
0: Watch real monsters go at it live on WCW Monday Nitro, where the big boys play every Monday night at 8 on TNT. Hello and welcome to another episode of Nitro Nights, the podcast traipsing back through WCW from the first episode of Monday Nitro, right the way up to the last episode of Monday Nitro, taking in all the shows in between. My name is Sy. I am one half of your hosting duo, and with me, as always, and experiencing some of this craziness that this company has to offer for the very first time is the Scottish juggalo himself, Colin McCaldy. Danny, how are we doing, my friend? I'm really good,
1: sir. Thank you. Uh, happy to be back for another week.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's uh, I think we're quite fortunate in that we're seeing a, a, bit, a bit of a mixed bag of shows. I mean, the pay-per-view we've covered so far wasn't very good, but the episodes of Nitro so far, I, I tend to lean towards I'm, I'm enjoying more than not, I think. Mm, definitely. They're easy to get through yeah yeah that's the thing so even if they do suck you're done within an hour so (laughs) anyway this episode of monday nitro that we're looking at today is the october 2nd 1995 episode of nitro it got 2.5 in the tv ratings which is actually exactly the same as that week's episode of monday night raw on the other channel both shows picking up a 2.5 and it comes to us from denver colorado so I mean, last week I said I was quite excited because we had the option, well not the option, we we were going to hopefully be seeing Luger versus Savage with Luger's uh, career on the line, Luger's WCW time on the line. And we can start the show getting told we actually have a double main event with Luger Savage as one of the matches, but Arn, Anderson and Ric Flair being the second main event of the evening. That was quite a pleasant surprise for me, Danny.
1: Yeah, it was really interesting, especially this early on into Nitro
0: yeah i mean it's not a particularly long show as we've said you know many many times at the moment there's an hour long show so you take the adverts out like, you can blast through it in 40 45 minutes so then turning around and saying, okay we've got two main events on a show that normally struggles to have more than three matches on or four matches on does me make, make it sound a little bit daft i suppose but when you've got matches with the names of the caliber of luger savage and Arn anderson rick flair i suppose they are big attractions aren't they
1: mm, definitely yeah I mean,
0: we start off with one of these main events. Luger Savage opens the show after we get a, ha- a recap of last week with Luger coming down to save Savage from the giant and Kevin Sullivan and so on, uh, and all the Hogan business and whatnot. But we start with Luger versus Savage, and we start with a long tie-up, don't we? That they're, they're sort of in the collar and elbow for quite a while. They fall out the ring. They're still in it. it, it, it to me, it's, it's quite intense seeing these two really struggling for position in the ring. I mean... The match in itself, what were your thoughts, Danny?
1: Really good. Exciting um, opener. I wrote down here in my notes, I was happy to see that both had full entrances. What did you think about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is something that I've actually made a note to comment on a bit later on when we get to the other half of our double main event, uh, in that Arran Anderson doesn't get a proper entrance. And I think that's scandalous. I really do. Especially when apparently it's one of the main events of the evening. He's just in the ring by the time Flair comes out, which I think is a real shame. But, yeah, seeing the actual entrances and so on. And I think Nitro as well, especially in comparison to Raw at this time, sort of the trail end of 1995. Nitro just looks so cool. It seems a bit darker. It's got the scaffolding, uh, sort of the grid irons and all that sort of stuff all over it. And the lighting is well done. I think it looks cool, you know? Yeah.
1: It definitely does. It looks completely different to Raw. Um, But yeah, in terms of this match, I I actually really enjoyed it. I think it was the best match of the night, um, which is a hot take, I know, considering the real main event. But um, yeah, (laughs) did you notice Lex Luca was getting booed during this?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Yes, it's quite interesting. It's quite interesting. I mean, I always think Lex works better as a heel anyway. But I, I suppose it's when anyone returns to a company or anyone... Kind of um, makes a surprise appearance. You're going to garner cheers, aren't you? Because
1: yeah, it's, it's def- the fact
0: that you've been away and so on. So when Luger comes back to the company, he's getting cheered. But ultimately, I think he's more of a more of a natural heel. So it just kind of drops into that kind of that kind of style, I guess.
1: Yeah, definitely. I could see that. Um, and I, I was actually surprised with the uh, result of this. Um, what did you think of the result? Well, I mean, to be
0: honest. I couldn't see any other way of Luger Luger not winning. I couldn't see Savage beating Luger because ultimately we know Luger's around for pretty much the entirety of this WCW run. So we couldn't have him leaving the company here as the stipulation (laughs) apparently was. But I mean, the one thing that stood out to me before the decision, to be honest, was we were getting told Hulk Hogan is on his way to the building. So that's, some form of excitement i suppose i mean I don't, to be honest i think it's odd as well that sort of thing when you hear oh such and such a wrestler is on his way to the building they're already live why aren't they at work already
1: <laughs> i think all jobs should have that really so
0: yeah why aren't they at work it's ridiculous it's like we go live on television at this particular time and they're rocking up 20 minutes late i mean that's that ain't very good if i rocked up 20 minutes late to my job every day i'd get the sack <laughs> You know, I think he- it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We get a nasty looking netbreaker on the outside and Lex Luger also hits a gorilla press in the ring. Then there's a long, long backslide spot, isn't there? Probably the longest backslide I've ever seen with these two battling for position and so on. But ultimately we get the victor, I suppose, is Lex Luger after the giant arrives, slam, Savage, Luger wins with the torture rack I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought it was very good.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it was definitely exciting. Um, then we get the giant running in, don't we? Yes,
0: yes. He runs in and cleans house and so on, and that's when Luger sort of takes advantage. And uh, after a ref bump, and wins with the torture rack finisher. And then we get an advert for WCW Saturday Night. Now, I've not written down the card here that the advert for Saturday Night had on it, but it did not inspire me to go and check out this episode of WCW Saturday Night.
1: Nah, me either.
0: (laughs) The awful tag team that is managed by Colonel Robert Parker for a start is on the card and so on. And it just showed how much they are prioritising Monday Nitro, I guess, with regards to what was going on at the time.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's taken um, a complete shift, hasn't it?
0: Mm, Yes, yes. Because Saturday Night was their their big programme for so many years. The Nitro now is like, that's the biggie. That's the one that they're really pushing. And you can see it here with how it's done and so on. Yeah, and with the level of stars. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, speaking of absolute stars, Disco Inferno pops his little head out, doesn't he? Bless him. (laughs) Bless him. Bless him. Doing his little dance. I'll tell you what, Disco Inferno on Twitter is an absolute knobhead. So I'm assuming Disco Inferno in in real life is pretty much the same. Disco Inferno as a wrestler is average at best, shall we say? But I can't help but sing along to his entrance theme every single time he comes out. I bloody love it.
1: It's very catchy, isn't it? <laughs> it's just silly. <laughs> it's great.
0: <laughs> I Literally, before we recorded today, I watched these episodes and I went downstairs and I was making myself a cup of tea. And I was singing Disco Inferno. it sticks in your head, doesn't it? It's, it I'm does, singing it for the yeah. rest of the day. So the point have... where I'm... Sorry, go on.
1: No, I was going to say, we're going to have to get Max to uh, do a rendition of it.
0: Oh, that's it! Chain wrestling Monday. I'm gonna make sure it happens. I'm gonna make sure it happens. Message in the chat, Danny. If you, if I forget, make sure you drop it in the chat. I will. And do yeah, because I will forget. Let's be honest. We all know what I'm like. Then, <laughs> <laughs> I ended up making the cup, this half cup of tea downstairs, and I didn't realize I was doing it. But I was singing the Disco Inferno entrance music as I was making a cup of tea to the point where the wife literally yelled at me to shut the hell up. I, I just like was just driving her mad with it. But Disco Inferno dancing away. He's not there to have a match. He's just having a little bit of a boogie. And he's interrupted by Eddie Guerrero, which is brilliant to see.
1: Yeah, that was a really nice surprise, wasn't it? I think this is uh, I think it's Eddie Guerrero's second appearance on Nitro.
0: Mm. Yeah, and, and when Eddie Guerrero came out for his match, he has a small interaction, sort of looks Disco Inferno up and down and walks past. Disco Inferno's opponent, sorry, not Disco, Eddie Guerrero's opponent, apologies. Then makes his way to the ring. And it's Dean Malenko. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko. This is going to be incredible. And it does, it starts very, very well. And then Hulk bloody Hogan shows up. So we leave the ring. We leave these incredibly talented wrestlers doing their thing. We're not going to see that. We get to see Hulk Hogan, neck brace and all, come out into the car park and start doing a stupid, shouty ranting back and forth with Jimmy Hart. I mean, so what did you think, Danny, of the Eddie Guerrero-Di Malenko match? Granted, it was incredibly short. And the Hogan moment that is literally dumped right in the middle of this potential great contest.
1: Um, yeah, that Hogan, uh, I'll just get to that first. That uh, absolutely, uh, it just really put a bad taste on the whole match, to be honest. But if you can ignore that, which is very hard to do because it's Hulk Hogan, it was actually a decent match. Um, and uh, yeah, we got like, I couldn't tell who's the face or who's the heel here, but... Um, other than that, because hopefully that will come out in the future, um, I actually really did enjoy this match, but I just couldn't get past that Hulk Hogan uh, interference.
0: No, I know what you mean. And and it's it's running theme throughout the whole show. I mean, don't get me wrong. I appreciate from, I suppose, a business standpoint, Hogan's the highest paid guy they've got. They've literally they've thrown money at Hulk Hogan, so they've got to promote him. I understand this. This is their flagship show. So they're trying to promote what who they see as their biggest star. And Hogan is one of the greatest, biggest names in professional wrestling of, of all time. However, part of the problem with some companies not creating new stars can be seen here because you're trying to look at the likes of Luger Savage, who could be big players for this company and will be in the future as we go along and watch. Eddie Guerrero and Di Malenko, two incredibly talented wrestlers who you're trying to promote on a TV show. But all we've had so far, literally from the very first moment the show came on air, is Hogan, Hogan, Hogan.
1: That's what I wrote down in the uh, notes. I said, we cut away from this great contest for typical Hulk Hogan bullshit. Yeah, exactly. And it's just,
0: I mean, we're in 1995 and Hogan is still doing his late 80s shtick, which again, I know he gets criticised for. But if that's what made you so much money and made you the big star you are. You are going to kind of always deviate back to that. I I, I understand that. I, I appreciate that. But here yeah. in 95, when we're looking at Eddie Guerrero, Di Malenko, and literally as we're watching these guys, you know, go move for move, counter wrestling in the ring. And then it cuts to Hogan straight away, partway through the match. So you get a direct comparison, literally scene after scene. It seems so dated here, doesn't it?
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, it's
0: not a good look. It's not a good look. Eddie Guerrero ultimately wins with a quick counter into a a form of a roll-up, takes the match. They shake hands afterwards, and Di insists on the possibility of a rematch at some stage, which I hope we will get without an interruption from the great orange one. (laughs) I doubt it. Yes. Mean Gene, then, is in the ring after we come back from an ad break, and he introduces Hogan. So we're getting more Hogan here naturally it's a 45 minute show so why not get 44 minutes of hulk hogan in i guess hogan comes down and talks about being with a fan who's having a double lung transplant the night before and he's banging on about how he's he's here for the Hulkamaniacs, and i mean it's just normal nonsense hogan ranting and shouting he then goes out the ring to sort of, you know, hand a T-shirt over to a fan that he's already ripped up. So it's kind of a bit just basically at this stage just a ripped up rag rather the a T-shirt. He's touching hands with all the fans and a crazy old woman attacks him with a cane, Danny.
1: Oh, I couldn't believe it. That dastardly person. Did you even hit? did you hear Mean Gene say, that's a woman, as if <laughs> the woman didn't belong in wrestling?
0: <laughs> oh, mate. I mean, talk us through this moment and, and, I mean, obviously talk us through what we saw on the screen. And then how you felt about this. The, 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 I'm very much using air quotes here, the old woman attacking Hogan with a cane, the, the other people coming down, and obviously the uh, the the clippers come out, don't they?
1: Yeah, this was a... Uh, it, it felt like they were trying to just was in, insert um, drama into this because uh, we get Hulk Hogan walking out of the ring, sla- like you said, slapping hands with the fans, Jeff Hardy style. Um, and then... Um, yeah, as this, uh, this person just throws powder in Hulk Hogan's face and it turns out to be Kevin Sullivan, of all people, um, who comes out and just... Uh, and then, like you said, the Clippers come out and they do something that I had never seen Hulk Hogan get his moustache shaven. I didn't know that, that actually happened. So I was actually... To me, this was a kind of like a... Um, you could see, you know, when people talk about heat... I actually did feel a bit of heat during this because I'd never seen Hulk Hogan get his moustache. That's his trademark.
0: Uh, That's really, really interesting. Sorry to interrupt. I'll I'll just quickly jump in there. That's really interesting because to me, I've seen this numerous times. I know what's coming. I know what's coming on next week's show that that everyone will be able to hear via Visionaries Global Media and Radio Techers next week. I, I know what this leads to. So hearing you say you've never seen it before, and it actually had, I suppose, the effect that they wanted on you. That's that's, that's really interesting because to, to me, as, as a, a sort of more older, I suppose, um, cynical fan, someone who at this stage in the show is already fed up with Hogan, seeing him get his task shaved off, I was pissing myself. I thought it was hysterical. But it's it's interesting to you seeing it the first time that actually got heat from you,
1: Danny. it? It really did because um, that is something that I was, like I said, never seen before. Um, didn't think that ever happened. I thought he just shaved it off for a movie or something like that in the clips I'd seen. Um, and the, the funniest thing about this whole segment was uh, Bobby Heenan comparing Kevin Sullivan to um, Norman Be- Norma Bates if you remember Norman
0: Bates. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs>
1: that, that is uh, that is something that I'm a big fan of, uh, the Norman Bates um, movies and things like that, The Psycho. And uh, I have to say, other than the clothes, he really didn't look like anything like uh, Norma or Norman Bates. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about that, actually.
0: When the, the powder is thrown in Hogan's face and this individual hits Jimmy Hart with an incredibly weak, soft powder puff, shot with this walking stick and Hart goes down like he's been shot in the spine and then he attacks Hogan this this individual obviously we know now it's Kevin Sullivan at what stage did you twig who it was did you guess it was Kevin Sullivan did you not realise because I thought to be honest even though I knew it, who it was I knew what was happening I thought the disguise worked relatively well
1: Yeah, I I would say I definitely knew it was a plant, but I wouldn't know it was um, it was Kevin until he actually came in the ring. So yeah, like you said, it was a good disguise. But um, I can imagine he was probably sat down there for about the first half of the show, and uh, fans were probably looking into his hood. Yeah,
0: and maybe it maybe it was a good disguise because Kevin Sullivan in nineteen ninety five does look (laughs) a little bit like a little old lady. Yeah, he does. (laughs) You can imagine him in one of those little um, wheelie trolley things, can't you, going shopping, you know? You just... could see him in Asda. Yeah, exactly. You know, sat there and sat there waiting for his taxi to run him home, doing his knitting in the stop. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, the Zodiac and the Giants arrive and Hogan's tash gets shaved off. I mean, the Zodiac, every time he comes on my screen, I just roll my eyes, man. It's just, I have a word. What is that about? It's ridiculous, isn't it?
1: uh he's just awful just the worst
0: yeah totally and to me again it's sort of by direct comparison i guess we're almost in two different worlds because the the matches we've had up to this point savage luger they seem and again i'm placing myself in 1995 here they seem modern for that time they seem new that seems fresh we then get milenko guerrero which again it seems exciting it's 1995 and they're flying around doing stuff we haven't seen before and then the main event flair versus r anderson yes okay it's very much a old school contest with two guys who've been around for a while but that's exciting to me as well the hogan stuff in the middle and anytime they recap of a video package just seems like a different world to everything else that the show is promoting does that make sense
1: it really does, yeah. It's kind of like a up and down sort of thing, isn't it? Like just one minute we're serious, one minute we're not serious. Um, yeah, it, I completely see why you you're going with that.
0: Yeah, it, it just seems it seems like it's out of place with the rest of the vibe of the show. Really, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know. We'll have to carry on watching and see where we go. After this horrific attack on the Hulkster and his facial hair, we have our second main event: Arn Anderson versus Ric Flair. Arn gets the jobber's entrance. He's in the ring already. Flair comes out. And whilst this is going on, the commentary team are asking about why didn't Lex Luger come down and help Hogan? Because obviously that's incredibly relevant to R. Anderson versus Ric Flair. Uh, of course. Well done, fellas. But Mongo at Michael responds to this, asking why Luger didn't come to help Hogan by saying he was probably out the back eating a snow cone.
1: Was uh, that a code word for something else?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I was just like, what is he on about? But never mind. Ultimately, they're trying to imply, I suppose, that Luger isn't maybe the nice guy that he portrays himself to be, I suppose.
1: Yeah, Uh, definitely.
0: Yeah. With Arn and Flair, though, we get a very quick start to this match. He goes back and forth, back and forth. We have a couple of sleepers exchanged. We have hold for counter hold and so on. We have the figure four, but Arn Anderson gets to the ropes. And then we get more Hogan stuff. More Hogan talk, more Hogan. Oh my god, just this is the main event of your television show and you're banging on about Hulk Hogan and his bloody tash again.
1: I uh, I was actually shocked with uh, how bad Arn Anderson was treated, especially coming off that amazing pay-per-view match. Um, mm. the, the rest of the time that he's not really been booked strongly, has he?
0: No, I mean Arn, I suppose he always did play second fiddle to Flair to be fair. He always was the TV champion to flair's world champion he was always the horseman's enforcer as opposed to the horseman's leader but everyone who who knows wrestling knows how good r anderson is but yeah here he was very much case of you know the jobber's entrance they're talking about hogan over his match but at the same time they're talking about hogan over flair's match as well and this was a big bugbear of rick flair's that's why he sort of was in and out the company at times but it's just hogan 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 all the time it's just just does your head in i mean eventually We get Flair does the the excellent counter to the DDT of just holding the ropes, which makes Arn just drop back on his back, which I think is so simple, and so clever, but so brilliant. And then Brian Pillman arrives. The ref rings the bell before Pillman's even done anything. He's not actually got into the ring yet, has he?
1: That reminded me of, uh, uh, did you ever watch Raw 1000? I would
0: have at the time, yes.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you remember the main event. The big show just ran in and be, and didn't do anything. But um, he got disqu- he got uh, CM Punk disqualified, and it was one of the. I remember it sticking up for one of the worst finishes I've ever seen because he never even done anything. Just walked into the ring, and the referee was like, "ding ding ding ding." <laughs> <So> that <laughs> what, that's what reminded me here of um, yeah. It, it, I hate finishes like that. Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it wasn't, gr- it wasn't great. But I mean, ultimately, Pillman does get involved. He, he jumps on Ric Flair, and then Ric Flair and, sorry, Pillman and R. Anderson attack Ric Flair. We then get Flair, uh, basically, the announcement that Flair versus R. Anderson is going to happen again next week, but in a steel cage to keep the outside interference away, which I think is so, it's a very old fashioned way of booking, but it's so simple and so effective.
1: Yeah, you know, definitely so basic, but yeah, it still works even to this day. Yeah,
0: I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I think, you know? So, and that's kind of the end of the show. I mean, we've had a couple of adverts for Halloween Havoc coming up, heavily promoting the monster truck sumo match between the Giant and Hogan, and then the world title match between the Giant and Hogan. As it stands, that's all we have announced for the pay-per-view, which is in maybe three or four weeks, I believe, at this stage. So I guess, Danny, that kind of, the only thing that's kind of, Leaves us to do on this episode of Nitro, that again absolutely flew by, is have a look at our Woo and our O-Brother moments from the show.
1: Yep, let's do it. Woo! Brother, 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 brothers, brother! Woo! Brother!
0: Do you want to go first or second, my friend?
1: Um, I'll go second this week, sir. Uh,
0: Okie doke, we'll start with our Woo's then. Uh, For me, my Woo this week was Randy Savage versus Lex Luger in the opener. I wasn't expecting much, but they still delivered, you know, they, they delivered above my expectations, I guess, if I wasn't expecting much, because I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the match. The finish was a bit clunky, but ultimately it can carry on their feud. And I, I'm interested to see where we go with Savage and Luger. So I suppose the match did its did its job. So what about you then, Danny? What's your woo this week?
1: Definitely has to be the uh, way that the Hulk Hogan moustache was shaved off. Because... <laughs> We've both got beards. um You have obviously got a bigger beard than mine. But can you imagine that if somebody did that to you, how would it you would hurt
0: Well, first of all, it would hurt. It would be sore because they that looked like it wasn't just cutting Hogan's tash. That looked like it was ripping hair from his face. It looked like the clippers were blunt. But yeah, I'd be we, I'd be pissed if somebody cut my beard. I would be pissed.
1: Yes, it would be very very annoying. And, and um he should have used Gillette, I think. But um, <laughs> <laughs> other brands a- are available. <laughs> <laughs> they should sponsor this show. Right. <laughs> but other than that, um, yeah, I would say that was definitely the move because of how it was played out.
0: Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, I also think it's quite funny as well that as this is going on, that as they're shaving Hogan's tash, we get the Nasty Boys and the American males running in to supposedly try and make the save, but they're just fodder for, for the giant to choke slam them. So the, the giant's grabbing them one by one and choke slamming them. Which is causing the ring to bounce around like mad. As Kevin Sullivan has got hold of Hogan by the head and he's got these clippers in his face. Now, if you don't watch the giant doing the choke slams, just watch Hogan. It looks like he gets clobbered in the nose, the eye, and all sorts by these bloody clippers Sullivan's holding. It's really
1: funny. He was earning his money that night. <laughs>
0: yeah, without a doubt. But um, how
1: about your uh, old brother, sir?
0: Well, I think it's quite quite easy to predict what this is going to be after what I've been talking about all the way through this episode of of Nitro Nights here. My old brother this week is just how much Hogan is dominating the show. It's every single match, the commentary is talking about Hogan. Every spare moment they have, they're showing replays of what Hogan's got up to the previous week. Hogan's in an interview segment of his own. It's just, you know, the double main event was dominated by talking about Hulk Hogan. The other match on the card Halfway through, we missed the majority of the contest because we went backstage to see Hulk Hogan just get out of a car. It's just just Hogan dominating, ironically enough, considering the segment is called No Brother, Hogan just dominating the show the way he did. What about you, Danny? What, what's your downside this week? What's your old brother?
1: It, it would have been that if not for the Arn Anderson, uh, Jabroni entrance, Sunday night heat entrance, as we call it. Um, yeah, I think Arn deserved the full entrance, especially for the main events, but, um, hopefully he will, uh, next week in the cage.
0: Yeah, hopefully so. We'll see. We'll see. So
1: then all that is left
0: for us to do with regards to this episode of Nitro is to give it our usual sort of a three option rating. Is it hit a miss or a middling? Where do we go, Danny? What do you think?
1: I would say a miss because of the heavy um, Hulk Hogan thing. I mean, there were a few highlights in this, but definitely a miss. Uh, you wouldn't miss anything if you if you decided to watch Raw this night. Um, how about you, sir?
0: Oh, see, that's really interesting because even though despite the Hogan stuff, I really enjoyed this show. You know, I mean, the opener was good despite the Hogan shit. We didn't see enough of Guerrero, Malenko, but. Yeah, You know, enough there to whet your appetite for a future contest. Arn Flair was good and progress is their storyline. I think overall, it just about sneaks into the hit territory for me. I thought I, This 45-minute show flew by, mate. It definitely did. Wow. I'm not sure if that's the first time we've disagreed on that. I'm not sure. Maybe it is. I'll have to check it out. I'm keeping a spreadsheet of all the results that we give out, mate. So I'll have a look and see if that's the first time we've disagreed so much. One of us given a hit, one of us giving a miss. That's very interesting. So then... All that's left for us to do now, Danny, is to let everybody know where they can find you online, my friend. Uh, make sure you let everyone know about your other podcast projects that I hope people are checking out. They are well, well worth a listen.
1: Well, yep. thank you very much. Sir. You can find me on Twitter at Scottish Juggalo. You can hear me on uh, One Man's Meat podcast with the great Chris Bellis. And you can hear me on A Change in Attitude with Mags, Ori and Tanner. And you can hear me here. Where I'll be next week on Night Nights.
0: You will indeed. You will indeed. And honestly, the, um, One Man's Meat podcast—the first two episodes I've listened to—absolutely fantastic. And I, I like to think that I know quite a bit about this silly, crazy world of professional wrestling. But on each episode, as you say, that the whole topic of the show is looking at, um, looking at wrestlers or gimmicks or shows from like the dusty annals of the internet and so on. So I'm getting information i'm learning things from yourself and chris that i i, I was aware of i'm finding things out which is fantastic for me because I, I you know like i said i always like to think i, I know quite a bit about this crazy world so the fact that i'm listening to a podcast and learning as much as i am i mean episode two about tests run in tna was fascinating i, I loved that it was absolutely brilliant show so anyone out there who has not checked out one man's meat please make sure you do and also a change in attitude as well it's like our our big brother, I guess, here to Nitro Knights. we are looking back on the Monday night's Raw uh, Attitude Era time of the WWF, WWE, starting at King of the Ring 96 and then now you're now into 1997, Dan, aren't you? Where it's uh, yep. things start to pick up and get a little bit better for you, my friend.
1: Yes, they really are. I've joined at a good time.
0: Yeah, and, and yourself, Ori, Tanner, and especially Magsy as well, all are all, all doing a great job over there while well, we're checking out A Change in Attitude. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Thank you. Okay, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at SJP Words. Uh, I also have a little group on Facebook, SJP All The Shows and Info. Get, uh, get involved there. And that's where you can find links to all the content I'm involved in. You can find links to this show there that I also do with our good friend Danny here. I do a little bit of sci-fi, time travel, wibbly-wobbly stuff with... Uh <laughs> with Benny Mack, The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast, coming back for season two very, very, very soon. You may have seen the trailers running elsewhere on different shows. Also, the Doctor Who pod with our good friend Dan Griffin, carrying on there, Part, coming towards the end now of season one, having a great time looking back on Doctor Who there. And Chain Wrestling as well, that i do live with Magsy on a Monday night, or you can hear the podcast audio version later in the week. But if you chuck me a follow at Words. All links to my shows you can find via that handle. However, most importantly, you can follow this show at Nitro underscore Nights on Twitter and Facebook. Chuck us a follow. Let us know if you're watching along with us. Let us know what you think of WCW in these early Nitro days. Let us know what you're looking forward to, what you're kind of thinking or... Oh, not too sure about how we're going to react to re-watching that and any other thoughts you can about this this long-term journey, this long-term project that Danny and I are undertaking, looking at the good, the bad, and sometimes just the downright weird of WCW. Danny, thank you so, so much. I'm going a blast again, my friend, and I will speak to you next week. Thank you very much, sir. Looking forward to it.